TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. It's the Score North Twin Show. Welcome into the Score North Twin Show. As always, Zolgad and Jake DePier. We're, we're going to try and uh, churn out a couple of these uh, per week now since the Twins are uh, playing pretty damn good baseball at this point. And Jake, let's start there. Uh, twins take three or four from the Royals in a wraparound series that started on Friday, ends on Monday with a 4-1, not 4-2, Twins win. Um, so we were basically watching Baldelli on Sunday, as we talked about on the last call uh, show that we did with Declan Goff. Basically on Sunday, um, there was definite urgency from Rocco to win that game. In fact, I think that's the most urgency that we've seen from Rocco during the course of the 60-game 2020 season in one game in particular where it was just key, including a safety squeeze for him, and rightfully so, to get that win. Yesterday, uh, last night at Target Field was interesting. They went with the um, opener concept in the bullpen game, Matt Whistler to Devin Smeltzer, and then they went to what I would call their A bullpen guys, right? Tyler Clippard, Tyler Duffy, Trevor May. And then to close it out, up 4-0, so not a safe situation, but still interesting, they bring in Zach Littell. Not exactly your A bullpen guy. Um, let's start with you. Your thoughts on transitioning from Clipper, Duffy, and May to Zach Littell. And I've got a question once you're done for you as well. Yeah, I thought it was a little weird. I thought it was a little passive. And, and I like Zach Littell. He was really, really good last year. Uh, but he has just come back from the IL. He got roughed up uh, before going on the IL. Uh, and I believe this was his second appearance back. Now, you expect him to be able to hold a four-run lead, uh, you know, in one inning, and he was able to do that. Uh, but I, you know, I just think these games are so important when you get a lead. Just bring in your top guy. You know, Rodgers was available. I get that he pitched, uh, I believe, the day before. Uh, but and his back-to-back stats are not good. I, I will say that. They're not. They're not. But I, I just think, you know, or, or just bring in Romo. I mean, they ended up having to warm up Romo. Uh, and it got dicey there. You know, I mean, it was, he, get, he gives up the home run immediately. He gets an out, and then I believe gives up a single to Franco. And Alex Gordon absolutely killed that ball. And, you know, if that ball goes down the right field line for a double, uh, you've got second and third with one out. Uh, the tying runs at the plate in Mondesi. And then assuming even if you get Mondesi, you then have to deal with Whit Merrifield, who has been terrorizing you all season. So, you know, I think they got pretty lucky there that that line drive happened to be hit right at Marwin. Uh, you know, Latell has proven that he can handle those situations uh, generally, but I just think given that he has he just come back from the IL and that, you know, he's, he hasn't been great so far this year, I think you, you, you secure the win and just bring in uh, Rodgers or Romo. So it's not a huge, uh, you know, nitpick, but uh, if you're going to be aggressive, just – and bring in your top guys, like you said, just go all the way and, and finish it off rather than make it dicey in the ninth. Here's my question about that, and, and it's actually not going to um, uh, Taylor or Sergio, but I've got a question, and, and again, everything that I see during the course of this season is in the context of the first round, right? Two of three, because I, I really think that's where, that's where we have to extrapolate and take things. Because it's going to be it's going to be fun, but it's going to be weird. It's going to be short. What do you think the obsession is with Duffy and or May 
in pitching them if the pitch count does not get out of control during their one inning of work, of pitching them two innings. And I don't understand, like with May, okay? So May goes 0-1 to Lopez, fly out to left, okay? Then he, then he uh, a 2-2 pitch strikes out the next guy. And then Soler on a 3-2 strikes out looking. So that's what? 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 pitches. Why couldn't you bring him back for the ninth? Like, I, I, this confuses me. Why are we – now, look, if he throws 26 pitches, different uh, conversation, and I totally get that. Do you agree, though, that it seems odd? Because, you know, if I'm facing a good team in that first round and I've got May or especially Duffy and they come in for an inning of work and have a reasonable, you know, let's say 10 to 13 pitches, I don't see a compelling case to yank them and not give them a chance to go to. No, but I don't think we can compare. As important as every game is this season, we can't compare the 23rd game of the year uh, to, uh, you know, a best two of three playoff uh, game, you know, a, a playoff series that's best two of three. So I think it's just basic workload management. I mean, I would have no problem with bringing those guys in for a second inning. Uh, we saw that with Rogers a lot last year. He made a lot of multi-inning appearances. Um, so I think you just want to keep those guys fresh. That's what the twins are thinking. I wouldn't have a problem with it, but I, I think they want to just keep their arms fresh. It and changes. So you, you think once we get to that first round, it changes? It better. It better. Okay. I, I okay. mean, it, in that first round, if they don't, it, you know, if anybody pitches in that first round series other than the top five bullpen guys, and your best three starters, or maybe best four if you have four starters going well, then it's a huge mistake, right? There are only eight or nine guys that should ever pitch in that first-round playoff series, and they should go multiple innings. So, yeah, I mean, if they're only going May and Duffy for one inning in the playoff series, I would rip them to shreds because I think that would be a huge mistake. But, yeah, I think at this point in the year, given where you are, the fact that eight teams make the playoffs, they probably don't want to stretch those guys too much. Okay, that's fair. I I just don't want to see – you know, if um, if they bring in the Latels of the world in that first round and it's not about an eight-run game, I'm going to say, what the hell? And, and I, I guess what makes me a little bit cautious and nervous about this topic is how they used the bullpen in the first round against the Yankees last year. Yes. Like, that, that surprised me, and I did not like it, and we criticized it. And to this day, I think that our criticism was valid and correct. So I guess I'm not – I guess what you said makes perfect sense. And if I see it, then outstanding. I guess I'm not completely convinced that I'm going to see it, though, based on what Rocco did with that bullpen in the playoffs last year, which I really came away saying, you did a lot of good things. And, you know, for, for the most part, it was a really positive season for you, Rocco. But the Yankee or, or your – bullpen management against the Yankees was really, really odd at times. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's just real quick. Game one was very, very much mismanaged in that series, bringing in Cody Stashak in either a tie game or a one run game. And then Gibson uh, and Latell. that I didn't understand at all. And so you're right. It's, it is wait and see because they didn't have that urgency last year. Taylor Rogers didn't pitch in the first two games last year. So right. uh, your point is valid. I hope, and I think that they'll push it more this year. Miguel Sano, my good man. Um, is a strikeout machine. It's unbelievable. In fact, Miguel Sano should send uh, uh, Soler a thank you card, a thank you note, saying, 
you saved me because you actually, in the span of that four-game series, struck out more than I did, which is an incredible thing. Um, struck out, what, twice more last night. He also had an opposite field double. Now, this is breaking news. Opposite field double off the right field wall. Is he, is he slowly but surely, because he's been bad, is he making steps, or do you see that as the fluke and the previous strikeouts, which were a lot, especially in this series, as the reality of Miguel Sano right now in 2020? I mean, he's leading the league in strikeout rate by a fair amount. Uh, it, it, it's really not even close with the second-place guy when I looked at fan graphs, I think, Sunday. Uh, the opposite field double was encouraging. Uh, because he has been very pull-happy, it seems. It seems he's trying to hit every ball 500 feet in the third deck in left field. So maybe that's a good sign. We'll see in the next few games. But overall, I mean, he still looks completely lost. And, like, he can't catch up to a fastball, and he's taking pitches right down the plate. It's like he just – He's lost. He's lost. He's totally lost. Absolutely. I think you you do have to keep playing him for a while. And – I tweeted the other day that you you should play him for the next 10 to 15 games and see if he can snap out of it, right? Because you're, you're, you've got a comfortable cushion here, and you you want the guy to snap out of it because if he does, he's a, he's a really good hitter. But if they lose their lead, if things get dicey and they're in a three-way race in the central and he's continuing to strike out at a 55% clip, you can't continue to play him. And my other concern is when they get to the playoffs and they're not facing – you know, the, the Bubiks of the world, or I don't know how you pronounce that Royal uh, starter's name, um, right. but you're going to be facing the opposition's top pitchers in that, in that first-round series. You know, Sano doesn't generally do great against really elite pitching, as we saw in the playoffs last year when he went one for 12 with eight strikeouts. So my concern is, A, how long do you continue to play him? I think you do for a little while, but if he doesn't show improvement, you have to stop. You have to bench him for a bit. And B, how is he going to do, even if he does snap out of this, how is he going to do against the best of the best in that first-round playoff series? Probably not too well. Uh, what's your theory here? Because his struggles and inability at this point to catch up to the fastball to me is alarming. Like, it's really bad. And I don't know, I don't know if he's elongated the swing or what. But what's your, what, what's your theory about if there is to be – and there might not be, but for his sake, if there is to be an adjustment made by him, because clearly uh, the, the pitchers have adjusted again to his success from 2019, what do you think the adjustment is that he can make? Because you know, I, I don't think I don't think this is as simple as um, him just coming back and starting to be great again. I think that this goes into a complex adjustment to adjustment to adjustment, and and I mean that's what makes sports fun. It is, and it's what makes baseball particularly fun, pitchers adjusting to hitters and hitters having to adjust back. Uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't know enough about hitting to break down all the te- technical aspects of what he's doing right or wrong. What I do know is that James Rousen was huge on uh, – had a huge influence on a number of those guys, Buxton included. And I, I do wonder if, if Sano misses Rousen and if maybe Rousen would catch something that he's doing either with his hands or that this, you know – a, a way to fix his swing because it's so long or, or make more of an effort to go to the opposite field as we saw uh, yesterday. But, you know, it seems like he is swinging for the fences on every single pitch. And it's like, if you're Miguel Sano, he's so strong. 
And when he, when he makes contact, the ball goes so far on its own. I just, I, I don't know that he needs to be taking these monster hacks, especially with two strikes, right? Like if he shortens up his swing with two strikes, he can still hit doubles and still put balls, you know, out of the park with, with a shortened swing. And so I don't know that that could be one potential tweak he could make is to, is to really focus on contact with two strikes instead of just taking these colossal cuts and, um, yep. and going to the opposite field, I think is another uh, potential, you know, addition that he can make to his game, but it's not looking good right now. That's for sure. It's, I mean, he, He's taking. It's not just that he's swinging through fastballs, which he is, but he's taking a lot of strike threes too. He's taking a ton of strikes. Yeah, he's taking. He he looks again like he has at the plate absolutely no clue. Like he just looks like he's lost. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he takes strikes and looks back at the ump like what? But it, it's not. It's not like he's mad. It's just like he's confused. It's disturbing at this point in time. It's disturbing because you know what? I've never been as sold on this on. Miguel, as the snow camp on Twitter is like, you've got these pe- people that when he's going well, you know, oh man, see you guys all doubted, blah blah blah. But we've seen um, stretches of time where he looks damn good, like he can do certain things really well, and and for that to have evaporated completely, which at this point it basically has, is alarming uh, this deep into his career. Exactly. I mean, he's you know he's been in the league since 2015 now. You know, know. this is his. But do you remember how good he looked back then? I mean, there have been stretches again where he looked really pretty damn competent. Well, that's the thing. When he first came up, I'll never forget when he first came up because I knew this guy was, you know, a big time power hitter, but he was taking close pitches. Yes. Drawing walks. There weren't all these check swings all the time. And I thought, my God, this guy's approach is like a 10 year vet. You know, he almost looked Mm -hmm. like Nelson Cruz in, 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 his approach. And I don't know what happened. I, I don't know if it was, you know, the weight issues or, you know, Terry Ryan inexplicably putting him out to right field and that messing him up. Uh, but it just, he hasn't looked the same at the plate since that 2015 season. Now he's had stretches where he's been really good. He was an all-star in 2017. The second half of last year, he was phenomenal. He's one of the best hitters in the league. And so that's yeah. what you have to hope for that he gets back to that. Um, but you know, and he's always been a slow starter. So maybe this is just another example of that. But you're right. It, it's his sixth big league season now. And to have these periods, these prolonged periods where he just looks totally lost, where you expect watching, you expect the strikeout, right? Very few hitters do you expect the strikeout. And right, right. now with Sano, when he's in one of these stretches, you're surprised when he doesn't strike out. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. I'm sure they're working on it. I think, but I do think Rousen is a, a big loss. What's scary now? He's in shape too, like Miguel's in shape. He's he came uh, to spring training in good shape. I think he's still in de- in decent shape now. I did expect the COVID diagnosis and him being um, quarantined to impact him, but I thought it would impact him for a week and a half, right? Two weeks. I thought that there there would be a stretch of the bats that looked awful. Um, but the scary part about it is, in some ways, the bats have gotten progressively worse. And now, I mean, you, you can only use the quarantine excuse for him for so long before you just say he looks lost. So if I could wave a magic wand to Jake DePue right now, and you get your choice of one of two things, but only one, a twin's magic wand, and I could send Sano um, uh, to CHS Field to get right, or Mitch Garver, 
which one do you do you touch on the head with your wand and send them uh, to the uh, St. Paul Saints field to get right? Because both of these guys in their own ways just look completely lost. That's tough because, you know, Garver's numbers are actually worse than Sano's. He's not striking out as much. And I feel he, bad for him too, by the way. I know. And he is making hard contact. He hit into a double play yesterday where uh, he, he scorched that ball and it's just right at the shortstop. And I feel bad for both these guys. It's, I mean, I feel bad for Barrios too. It sucks when your mind bleeds like that. I've been there. Um, if I could send one to CHS field, probably Sano because Garver's a catcher and so his, his value defensively is, is so much higher. Um, and you don't have an obvious replacement for Garver. I mean, you, you, it's either Tomas Talese, who's kind of a journeyman, um, or uh, uh, Jeffers, the prospect, who I don't know if you want to bring him in, you know, in the middle of the season to make his big league debut. So I think right. you have to ride it out with Garver because he plays such an important defensive position. But, yeah, if, if you're going to send one, send Sano to get him at bats for a week, just not, you know, just a ton of reps and try to get his timing that way. One thing I want to give Miguel credit for, though, he has not let his at-bats affect him defensively. Because I will say, we've seen some mistakes, but he's been better, I think, than most of us thought over there. And it would, no be, very, it would be very easy for him to get into a real funk uh, and let it, let it affect him. And he hasn't. He's looked good. He pumps his fist, you know, for big double plays in the field. And so I do want to give him credit for that. He's, he's putting in work defensively. And, uh, and so that's, that's a good thing. But, yeah, if you have to send one of them, I would send Sano for a week. He's got range, too. Ranger and at thirty drove me crazy. At first, I basically at times want, want to tell him, Miguel, stay near the bag. Like he'll range to his right. He'll be in. He'll be at second base. It's incredible. Really, um, what he, yeah. Really, what he struggled with is just shifting and knowing where the second baseman is. There have been a couple of plays where he either has gone too far to his right or hasn't Absolutely. gone over all that he could get, um, yeah. and, and arises shift over. But he'll get that. He'll get that with reps. I would say right now um, that there have been some bad, there's been certainly the record has been good. I would tell you right now, I think the underrated story so far, what 18 games in, correct? Uh, uh, no, uh, tw- 23 games in. 23 games in. 15 in. I think the underrated story of the Twins season as a whole that we're not focusing on nearly enough is defense. I think this team has made huge strides. Polanco, hey, look, props to him, looks damn good. Arise is better. Sano, who I thought might be a disaster, is he's fine. He might not be great, but he's absolutely fine. Um, I, I think if there's one thing that we have seen real, real growth in uh, from Baldelli's first year in 2019 to 2020, this team's defense, including not one on Sunday, but one on Sunday and one on Monday, Eddie Rosario engaged in left field, showing us that he indeed can make plays if he's paying attention to the ball game. You can make an argument that the, the Rosario plays on Sunday and Monday defensively were the two most important plays of both of those games. Those, especially Sunday, I mean, that, the whole game changes uh, if he doesn't make that play on Sunday on that liner. Rosario's been phenomenal. I mean, I... He's such a tough player, man. I, I probably criticize him more than I should because I, I, I just – mental mistakes really bother me and lack of effort bothers me. Um, and, and, and that's not to be confused with false hustle. You know, Nick Punto running down the line and diving headfirst in the first. That's false hustle. But Rosario at times doesn't run out balls that he thinks are going to be home runs and ends up with a single. Yep. Or times defensively where it seems like he's sort of 
uh, just nonchalant. Uh, but somebody pointed out, I can't remember who it was. It might have been it might have been Hayes. It might have been Dan Hayes on Twitter. But he did have an ankle injury in the second half last year. That he sap- talked about that too. Mm-hmm. That's sap- Yeah, yeah, and I think that's made a difference with him defensively. But you know, for every boneheaded play he makes, he makes an absolutely spectacular play where you go, "Holy crap! This guy is so talented on both sides of the ball." And yep. he has been a savior for them the last few games, offensively and defensively. He's he's been a superstar. He could play like this all year. He would be an absolute superstar. Uh, but yes, the defense is much better. Arise turned a great double play on Sunday. Uh, and Donaldson's out. So once Donaldson comes back, I think you could say the defense is maybe even above average, certainly at least league average, which is a big improvement from 2019. So I think on Rosario in left, I think I know why we've seen engaged Ed for two games. I think, I think because, look, the ankle doesn't make up for the dumb plays, right? I totally get if he couldn't get the balls um, because of that last year, but that does not make up for the throws to wrong bases, right? And just the some of the just head scratching stuff where you're like, you're better than this. What are you even doing? I think it's a week ago Sunday now in Kansas City, Solaire batting second in that game hits a ball off the wall that looked like it was going to be gone, and it hit off the wall. Rosario fields it and throws to the wrong base. And the interesting thing about that was post-game, without naming him, Rocco said, we threw to the wrong base. Rocco never does that. Yep. Like, if Rocco said that to the media, he talked to Ed about it. Like, he definitely went to him and said, I need more here, dude. You got to do – because because Rosario's problem at times, I think, in the outfield, no debate, he doesn't pay attention. I don't know if he's looking in the crowd. I don't know if he's just spaced out. Um, but when Rocco said that post game, I said to myself, okay, this is a, this is a real step because he does not do this. Uh, so I believe, especially the throw on the Merrifield ball on Monday, because that was an instantaneous, and, and Rosario's got a bleeping cannon for an arm. That was an instantaneous play that, pay, that meant he was paying attention completely to the entire play. I think that's a byproduct of the fact that Rosario is the type of guy, he might not need to be punished per se or benched, but I do think that he's a guy who needs to be talked to at times. And my guess is in year two, Rocco said, Eddie, if I'm going to play you all the time and I want to, you need to have your head in the game. So I had a conversation with someone with the Twins last year in Milwaukee, and they basically said, you have to be careful with Eddie. He's a very emotional player and he's an emotional guy. And when you talk to him, you have to be careful and you can't do it too much. So I think Baldelli being naturally laid back and being in his first year last year, probably, and, and learning about Rosario, probably was hesitant to, to, to do that too much. And I think maybe to your point that now he's in his second year and maybe their relationship, you know, they're more comfortable with each other. Maybe he feels uh, better about reaching out. That's just total speculation. But I do know, I mean, he, he's clearly an emotional player. I mean, you see that on the field. And, and I love that about him, even though sometimes it can lead to mistakes. He plays with passion. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think you have to be careful. You have to pick your spots is basically what Absolutely. this person told me. So, Absolutely. Yeah, but, it, but the fact that he said that in the media means almost for sure that he talked to him about it. Exactly right. Last thing, Nelson Cruz, man. Nelson Cruz. Um, when the Twins signed him before the 2019 season, I thought, okay, slugger. He'll be good. I think until you, you see, see this guy. Now, 
by the way, at the age of 40, uh, play on a daily basis and, and hit two more home runs last night. Absolutely shots against Kansas City. I think until you see him play on a daily basis, you don't have an appreciation for him. And I've been thinking about this comparison for a while. And at first, it's going to sound outrageous. But the more I watch him and the more I think of, about how long he can potentially play, I think he is a, a baseball version of Brady in the sense that he's wow. 40, he's not slowing down. And I, I talked to him in the clubhouse in spring training, and I said basically um, because in December or so at Twins Fest, Thad Levine brought up the fact that the Twins had approached the cruise camp about an extension. And at that point, I'm like, whoa, an extension? You know, he's going to be 40 on July 1st. Um, and I talked to him in the clubhouse in Florida, and he basically said age is a number. A lot of people find the negatives. I see the positives. You know, I keep myself in great shape. We laugh about it and joke, but I nap constantly. I think this guy has, has a lot of the same physical uh, approach and thought process as Brady does as far as career longevity. And I'm not quite sure that he can't play. And I mean, this might sound nuts. I'm not quite sure that he can't play to 44, 45. And Jake, the one thing that could really change this too, if the national league adopts full-time the DH as early as 21, because it's coming there, you're talking about a whole nother group of teams that could sign, um, Cruz and the thing with Cruz is he doesn't strike me as the I used to play outfield but now I'll begrudgingly DH I think he just likes it so there's so many things about this guy and you see his day-to-day approach that's so impressive that I really do think we're talking about a guy who I don't see the cliff at the age of 40 and I'm not sure we're gonna see it for a few years at least it's that impressive to me yeah I like the Brady comp uh I mean Cruz is, he's a pleasure to watch. He's a pleasure to listen to in the media. I mean, he's a smart guy. He understands his body. He understands what he has to do to prepare. And it's not like his body is breaking down and, and, and he's working just to get a couple of at-bats the way Tommy was you know, late in his career when he had that great year with the Twins. It's like he would work all game to get, one pin, you know, to get his body ready for one pinch hit appearance. I mean, Cruz's body looks fantastic. He knows exactly what he needs to do to prepare. He studies pitchers. He'll be a manager someday if he wants to be. I think, I think he's that smart. He understands the game. He understands exactly what he has to do. And, he, I mean, look at his numbers this year. My God, I've got him up here. Uh, he is slashing 354 with a 430 on base, 695 slugging. He's been, you know, one of the two or three best hitters in the league. And I agree. I think he plays for another two or three years. Now that that wrist issue is behind him, and right. he didn't even have surgery on that, you know. Uh, and so, so apparently he can just play with that as is for the rest of his career. Uh, it, it's just, the guy is, is everything that you would want in, in a clubhouse on the field. Uh, it's it just a great addition to the twins. It is too bad in terms of the national league adapting the DH for the twins. Cause it's going to be harder for them to re-sign him in the off season, but he's going to get paid by somebody though. Oh yeah, he will. He will. And he should. I, yeah. I'm, in awe. I'm in awe of Nelson Cruz and, and what he's doing this year and what he's done uh, in his time with the Twins. It's been incredible. He is the single best addition that front office has made when you take into account the impact that he's had in the clubhouse. And there is no way that, that they could have expected this type of production. Like, I think they thought he'd be good, and I think they thought he'd be productive, and that he, he would come in and help Miguel. 
which I think he's done to a certain degree at times. Um, but to get the production that he's given them on a daily basis. And, and look, I didn't have, have a clue about the level of professional he brings to, to like everything. He's got such a presence um, in the clubhouse, on the field, the respect. There's just there's intangibles to that guy that go way beyond the norm uh, that most humans just don't have. So, yeah, I mean, that's been an incredible move for the Twins. He won the Muhammad Ali Humanitarian Award. Yeah. You know? I mean, he's, he's just a, a phenomenal addition, absolutely, in every way. Just tell Miguel, Nelson, go the other way. Yeah. Hit the ball off that right field Walmart. Do something. So, final thoughts before we uh, wrap up this first Twin Show of the Week? Not really. I mean, the Twins are in good shape. I mean, they, they rebounded from a tough stretch to take two or three from Milwaukee and three, and four, three or four from the Royals. And then now they face those teams again uh this week you know i think i think they need to be happy with they should be happy with where they're at and rich hill's going to come back on wednesday and that'll be interesting i miss seeing good teams though damn i'd like to see the yankees just once somebody just wants yeah okay that's uh, our score north twin show he's jake i'm general we're going to try and do another one of these on uh, thursday as well as we try and pump out a few more with the twins playing a great baseball so we will talk to you soon Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.